0: Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, July the 25th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this hump day, as it's often called, and uh, we hope your day's off to a a great start. We we were just discussing how valuable sleep is and and how much you miss it when you don't quite get it, and what happens when you try to do affirmations with it, so I have a feeling this is going to be a a poignant part of our topic today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh well yeah I, I feel fine now it's 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 whenever i've had a extended period of wakefulness in the night uh sometimes my brain wants to keep reminding me that later on it might get rough because i haven't had enough sleep and i'm like i so i was saying earlier i've had a lot of opportunities to pivot so far
0: mm-hmm. yes <laughs> good way of saying it i like that that's very good
1: my pivoting muscles are getting very strong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I had kind of the same thing. I mean, I was I was definitely waking up a couple of times, three times in the night actually, where I was so awake I was sitting up in bed and I was thinking, I don't want this, I want to be asleep. What am I doing here? But uh as I mentioned to you before the podcast, I tried what you suggested the other day of of doing the um um I am asleep affirmation to see how that would work out. And it took a few minutes but it worked, and it worked on all three occasions. The, the only problem was I just kept waking up later on. But nevertheless, it was putting me to sleep. So thank you for that one. That one really worked.
1: Well, I will, uh, I will give my friend a thumbs up for that. That was her idea. I, I also used it, and I think it might have been the thing that finally did work. It just took forever. But mm. uh, one of the things was is when I first woke up, and I do this a lot when I wake up in the night, is I don't immediately get frustrated that I can't go back to sleep. And I, I don't often have that. Oh, I have to go right back to sleep. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, a lot of times I'll realize that I'm awake and I just decide to use that time, uh, to, to do some affirmations or to do some meditation. Isn't
0: that a good idea? I mean, I've done that too. On those occasions where I didn't know about, I am asleep, <laughs> um, I've done the same thing. And it's it's interesting how you can actually move things around easier in the middle of the night. I think probably because you've been asleep and so your resistance is down. But
1: Oh, no, I hadn't thought about that.
0: I think that's probably what it is, yeah. But but you're right, it's, it, you, you can actually make progress doing that. And it, it can actually become a little bit Uh, attractive to keep doing that instead of going to sleep
1: (laughs) well that was kind of my idea you know sort of like we've talked about before the the choice to to decide that mondays are great Mm -hmm. you know it's like because in the same way you say oh tomorrow's monday you know I, i i just bet if you're standing somewhere in a grocery line or something on sunday and you and you make some groan about Oh, Monday's almost here. You know, everyone will join in with the collective (laughs) groaning, right? Because we have this concept that Monday's a drag. Yeah. And the same way if, you know, if we were to use a certain tone, we say, oh, I I didn't sleep last night. People agree that that's not the best (laughs) experience. That's true. So I kind of decided like because a while back, I know I've talked about this, um, I was really struggling with insomnia which I'd never had a problem with in my life. And I thought I was past it because I've been sleeping great until last night. Um, But at that time I thought, you know, I can, I can choose to be upset about this and frustrated. um, Or I can just choose to use it in some way that could be beneficial. And so that's when I started the practice of just meditating um, using Tonglen meditation to meditate for other people mm. um and maybe even other people that were suffering with sleeping I mean, that was actually the first time I ever had that experience Interesting
0: that, uh-huh. that that's an interesting use of the time because here you are you're you're in that place of of having trouble sleeping and yet you decide to focus on other people instead who are having trouble sleeping that that's an interesting choice
1: Well there's a specific type of meditation called Tonglen it's called it, it means taking and receive you're taking and giving and and so as you breathe in you're willing to take on the the suffering of the world or of a certain segment or a certain type of suffering and as you breathe out you're breathing out peace and relief and so it's really a beautiful practice um, when you're meditating for someone else and one night I was laying in bed and I couldn't sleep and I had had insomnia for a quite a few nights. And I was like, okay, it's like, you know, the first night you deal with it the second night, but when you're on night like five or six, where you've only getting a couple of hours of sleep, it's, it's tough because your brain stops wanting to work correctly.
2: Yeah. Like, mm. You
1: can't think. Clearer. So I was laying there and all of a sudden I realized I was meditating. And I realized, Oh, there are a bunch of other people out there in the world that are losing sleep right now for whatever reason like maybe they just don't know why like me maybe they're worrying themselves awake all night and oh my goodness and here i am awake and i can use this time to like meditate for them so that they can have rest and peace and i can like be willing to take like take it on for a few moments and i got so excited it was like suddenly I was not frustrated about losing sleep. I was just like ready to be of service. So it was kind of a neat experience.
0: Well, that, that's definitely the, ba- the way to do it, because when you first described it, I thought to myself, oh, do I really want to take on other people's you know troubles? Do I want to really take on that stressful feeling, even if it's for the purpose of breathing it out? But when you describe it the way you described it, it's clear you went at it with a much more positive attitude than that.
1: Well, you know, it's a little bit of stepping into this kind of superhero role at the time because it's like, okay. And it was so funny because at the time, this one experience, I had this, I had such an aha moment over it that it was like, I was the one, you know, (laughs) of course I know I'm not the the one one to help (laughs) anyone, but it was like, I had the opportunity to do it. And so it was really great. And I was, I'm still very grateful that I had the experience. So Those are some of the things that I do if I can't sleep. And then last night, finally, I remembered the I am asleep. And uh, it might have been the thing that did the trick because I finally did go back to sleep for a little while.
0: (laughs) Well, I proved to myself it is effective. There is very little doubt in my mind about that because, I mean, the first time I tried it was the time it took the longest. And I don't think it took more than four or five minutes of focusing to do it. And the second or third time, I fell asleep within like a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was quick. It was really quick.
1: It was just you're the first old. one. I think the first one
0: I was letting go of resistance about, oh, I don't think this is really going to work or something. But I did.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes my brain can be really argumentative. <laughs> I am asleep. No, you're not. No, you're
0: not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am asleep. You're awake. <laughs> I am asleep. <laughs> oh, so you're
0: trying to be right again. Oh, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. So I think the point is, is eventually our brain says, okay, <laughs> she's convinced that she's asleep. There's she just, just no talking her her out to of sleep. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny.
0: It is funny. Um, let's see. There was, what else? There was something else I was going to ask you. Oh well, I, I guess I was just going to ask you. I mean, yesterday in the afternoon podcast, you mentioned how you gotten all of your 1,000 affirmations of of you love your life done by the podcast. And I'm wondering, are you going for the record today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have no, I have no idea how many um, affirmations I did last night, but I did quite a few.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll probably not count the ones that I did in the night um, and just go ahead and do a thousand today. I oh, have okay. not done them yet, but um, but I will say, in case um, just for listeners that didn't hear yesterday afternoon, the two things that happened yesterday that I noticed, one of them I think is really important. Um, the first one was that, in the middle of my you know run of affirmations i realized I had a big smile on my face,
2: which is like good. I didn't
1: really put it there. I just realized oh wow i I mean a big smile a <laughs>
2: cute,
1: happy smile, and I thought, okay, that's kinda awesome um and then later in the day i was i was do- i was working on something, and I can't even remember what came up, but it was. an an argument in my brain, you know, it was a, a thought that wasn't comfortable. And I started thinking about how something was going to come about. And I was like, Oh, Hmm, that's tough. And you know, my brain was trying to work it out. And then it got to be where it it wasn't um, a thought that felt good. And all of a sudden I realized that my mind was answering it with, I love my life. I love my life. Oh,
2: That's nice.
1: And I thought, Oh wow! Like it kicked in when I needed it. With it was sort of involuntary; it just happened. And I thought it dawned on me that that's sort of when you know it's working.
0: Well, how many times too, as we become, as we learn to become deliberate creators, how many times have we wanted to have an automatic process to just flip on whenever we're having trouble, whenever we're struggling, trying to to regain alignment or get into that good feeling place or whatever. How often have we wanted to have that automatic process? You got one. You got an automatic process. You know that all you have to do is just kind of be open to having that affirmation come, and it comes. That's nice.
1: Yeah, it definitely, I mean, that's what we're aiming for is for these tools and processes we use to become the default way of thinking for us.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And so, you know, and it doesn't always happen so easily, but, it was really great to have it happen yesterday and realize, oh, yes, (laughs) that higher, wiser part of me is talking back. (laughs) It's talking back.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's what I've been noticing, too, with all the processes that I've practiced over time. As I do more and more of them, as I spend more and more of my time during my day on them, uh, I'm even doing, like when I was uh, mirroring your your affirmations yesterday, I, I surprised myself by doing it, just by kind of like, falling into it, so to speak. But I also found myself um, using them when I was in the middle of mundane tasks that didn't require a lot of mental attention. I I was just kind of falling into them, just like, you know, I I love my life. I feel good. I feel healthier. I feel wealthier. I mean, I was just doing them because I wanted to fill the space, so to speak.
1: (laughs) I often do them then. I mean, that's the thing is I will sit I will do a sitting meditation where I go through my affirmations, so it may be fifteen minutes or thirty minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is, where I'm really focused on that, and I'm not doing any other things and Those are the ones I count you know I mean numerically, those are the ones that I number
2: mm-hmm. right um,
1: but then while I'm going about like you said, just mundane tasks that don't require a whole lot of thinking, um I definitely think that affirmations are better are a better use of you know what our mind's doing at the time than other things. I don't mean than any other thing, but definitely better than sometimes our mind starts wondering and we realize we're worrying over something, oh, yeah. which is what happened yesterday. I was worrying about, so I thought about something and one thought led to another. And then I realized I was worrying about something and that didn't feel good. And all of a sudden the, the affirmations just boom. <laughs> so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I want those to be um, the automatic response to any kind of fretting or worrying.
0: Yesterday was a fairly busy day. I had a lot of stuff to do, and and I was actually working fairly late into the night doing them. By the time like 9 o'clock rolled around, we was ready to go off to bed, and I realized we hadn't even done the dishes. And I didn't wake, want to wake up to all those dishes in the next morning. So I said, okay, I'm going to go do the dishes. Now, normally doing dishes, that's when we get, I, when I get into that thought process you just talked about, you know, where I'm worrying about this, that, or the other thing. And, and right. you know, re- rehashing, well, this bad thing and this bad thing, I'm going to rehash it again and then I'm going to rehash it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, last night when I was, when I started doing the dishes, I didn't even think about it. I just started doing the affirmation again. And it was a different experience because, you know, Honestly, when I'm, when I'm doing dishes, usually I'm taking it out on the dishes <laughs> because I'm, I'm focusing on the wrong stuff. So scrub, 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 scrub. Yeah. <laughs> Last night I wasn't doing that at all. Last night I was just, oh, this is going to be quick and easy, no big deal. And the dishes were done really fast. I'm thinking, wow, this is really powerful stuff. Not only am I taking the stress off of myself, I actually got the dishes done faster.
1: Wow! Hey, that's a win-win. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, it takes practice, and it's pretty simple, right? So it is. it's like this, well, it's this- so
0: simple we don't even have to think about it. That's what's so cool. It, it's becoming right? automatic after after a day. You've been doing it for two days. I've been doing it for a day. It's becoming automatic already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I said before. You know, every time I've used this process. I've had tremendous results. Now, I don't remember getting a lot of pushback um when I did the I feel rich.
2: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and you know, I don't I just don't remember it. I don't remember it happening, but this time, ooh, like last night in the night, it was like my brain was ready to fight mm. and going to argue with me and going to point out any area that I wasn't loving about my life. I mean, it was like a duel and it hit me somewhere in there. I was like, exactly. This is exactly what this process is for Mm -hmm. is that I'm convincing my brain, all those things you're bringing up. I love them. So back off. (laughs) 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 And I think it, it finally calmed down. And it was like, it's at a couple of points during the night. I realized I was feeling really, really good. And it was kind of after that little pushback that I got. So I think it's all part of the process. Because our our logical brain will argue with more right brain concepts.
0: It's funny. As you were describing that, I was thinking of Clint Eastwood saying, go ahead, make my day.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Point it all out to me because I love it.
0: The whole point
1: of this affirmation, don't you get it? <laughs> You've proven my point. Oh. Well, no wonder you were
0: talking about being a superhero. I can see you're you're you're, you're striving against evil.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. Well, I'm enjoying it. I will. I'm thinking, you know, it's Wednesday, and so it'll be like a week almost before I'm with you again on the next podcast, right? So I will be like well into the 10 days of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking forward. that I'm
0: going to be pretty long too. I, I, Cause I can't see myself giving this one up because uh, it doesn't seem to work well or doesn't feel right or whatever. Cause it's felt right from the beginning. So I imagine I'm going to be right there with you. We, we should have some interesting stories to compare by then.
1: I know. I know that's what I'm excited about. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and um, remind our subscribers or our listeners, if they're not subscribers to be subscribers.
0: Well, we want to remind our subscribers to listen to their subscriptions. I mean, that certainly is a good <laughs> idea. I like that one a lot. Uh, but you're right. For those people who are not yet subscribers, it is a good idea to let them know that they can join the club. And it's so easy to do, and it's very uh, you know, freeing, and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, all you have to do is go to the homepage of our website at LOAToday.net, and the instructions are right there. It literally takes about a minute. It doesn't cost anything it's so easy to do. And if you are one of those people who have uh, a little fear of IT and technical stuff, give it a try anyway. And if it doesn't work, there's a little contact button at the top of the page. Just click that and send a note saying, I tried it. It didn't work. Here's what I tried. And it just, this is what it gave me. And if you, if you can give us the details of what it gave you, I mean, I like 99 times out of a hundred, I can tell you what it is you need to do. So, you know, don't don't feel like you have to be defeated just because it doesn't work for you, and I I don't want to say all that to make people think it's it's really hard. Actually, almost everybody who tries it is going to be able to do it without any difficulty. I just want to make sure that you know someone who does have difficulty doesn't get scared off. But uh, the point is, please do subscribe and then share the fact that you've done that with your friends online because it is so good to have that daily dose of happy coming in twice a day Monday through Friday and once on the weekend to just pick you right up.
1: Isn't that amazing? Eleven podcasts now. Yeah.
0: 11 podcasts. Going strong now wow. for, uh let's see, we I started doing that in late November with you guys, so we're in the end of July. That's eight, a little over eight months. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic.
0: It's been great. Well,
1: we we have been reading through the book, Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness, mm-hmm. Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham, and we are starting, well, it's not a new section, but. It, it almost feels like it to me because we've been talking about, is there an appropriate time to die? And <laughs> all of these questions about death and illness. And we've moved now to a section where the, um, the title of it is about a process to manage one's body weight. And so I think this is um, an interesting topic that's going to be a topic of interest to Lot of listeners.
0: Well, yeah, and it's also interesting because the way they address it here is considerably different from the way they've addressed it in other books. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, I did not know that.
0: I'm not saying that they're contradicting themselves or anything like that. It's just that the approach is completely different. Like the way that they approach this in the book, The Astonishing Power of Emotions, is really very different.
1: Oh, wow. Well, maybe as we go through, you can bring up some of those points because I'm not going to, I did read that other book, but I don't remember. Uh, I know, I think you're going through that book right now, right? So this may be an interesting juxtaposition for you to have both of them going at once.
0: Yeah, we, we, uh, David Barkey and I have been doing that one on Sunday nights. Uh, but yeah, as you're reading this, actually, I'll, I'll see if I can grab a copy and, and find that section so we can compare them.
1: So Jerry asked the question. Okay,
0: Jerry's question is, what process would you recommend to those wanting to control their body weight?
1: Doesn't that seem like such a straightforward question from Jerry? Very,
0: uh, unusually so. <laughs> he's, he's usually like, well, here's this great big setup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Abraham says there are so many beliefs upon this subject. So many different methods have been tried. And most beings who are struggling with the control of body weight have tried many of those methods with little lasting success. And so their belief is that they cannot control their body weight. And so they do not. We would encourage a visualization of self as you are wanting to be, seeing yourself in that way, thereby attracting it. The ideas and the confirmation from others and all of the circumstances and events that will bring it about easily and quickly for you will come into your experience once you begin to see yourself that way. When you feel fat, you cannot attract slender. When you feel poor, You cannot attract prosperity. That which you are, the state of being that you feel, is the basis from which you attract. That is why the better it gets, the better it gets. And the worse it gets, the worse it gets. When you feel very negative about something, do not try to hammer it out and solve it immediately because your negative attention to it just makes it worse. Distract yourself from the thought until you feel better, and then take another run at it from your positive, fresh perspective.
0: So, Should I go on to Jerry's next question? Yeah. Okay. So Jerry says, so is that why people will often go on a crash diet and lose massive pounds, and then they'll find themselves gaining it back? Is it because the desire was strong, but they didn't have the belief and the picture of themselves as this thin person, so they filled the fat picture back in again.
1: (laughs) That's an interesting way to put it.
0: Yes, (laughs) that's Jerry Oliver.
1: (laughs) Abraham says they want the food. They believe that the food will make them fat. And so as they are giving thought to that which they do not want in belief, they create that which they do not want. But that, again, is going about it in the hard way for the most part, the reason why they lose the weight and then gain it back quickly is that they never gain an image of self as they want it to be. They keep feeling fat. They keep thinking of themselves as that, and that's the image that they hold. Your body will respond to the image of self always. That is why if you see yourself as healthy, you will be. If you see yourself as slender or whatever it is you are wanting in terms of muscle or shape or weight, that is what you will be. You know, I have, I have an interesting thought when, back here when it says, when you feel fat, you cannot attract slender.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It goes on to say, when you feel poor, you cannot attract prosperity. Um, but it reminded me of a story about, about clothes. You know, if you've gained weight, and you're still squeezing yourself into the clothes that are just slightly too small, um, you are going to feel fat.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean, even if you're not overweight and you put on some clothes that were slightly too small, you would feel, you may feel fat or too large. You feel uncomfortable. Your clothes are too tight. Um, And so, it just, I just thought about that when I was reading that section. I thought, well, that would be one thing that someone could do that would be pretty easy. That's true. It, right? Yeah. And they would feel more comfortable.
0: It's funny you should mention that because there was a time... My, my wife likes to buy these um, uh, t-shirts from, from uh, craft stores uh, just because she can get a whole bunch of them in different colors quickly. And, and, you know, a nice quick way to get me some some t-shirts. And... There was one time she got a couple of new T-shirts for me, and I went to put one on, and like you were describing, it felt tight. It was almost like a muscle shirt, and I'm not a guy who wears a muscle shirt at all. And it just was, it felt so constricting. And I pulled it off, and I looked at the label. It said large. I said, wow, I don't understand what's going on here. And then I looked closer, and it said ladies large. I oh.
2: Said, oh, <laughs>
0: that's why. But you were right. I mean, there was a situation where – Uh, I thought I was wearing my size shirt. I really wasn't. And it just felt constricting. And and the the thought that kept going through my mind over and over again is, guys who wear muscle shirts are crazy. (laughs) I mean, this is not (laughs) comfortable at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, talking about how this is a a different approach from the way they approach it in the other book. I mean, in general, the overall approach, I guess, is, is fairly similar because they're talking about how you feel about yourself in both cases. The difference is in the way they present it, really, because in the astonishing power of emotions, um, and this is taken from part two, where they have a whole bunch of examples, kind of kind of similar to what we're dealing with here, where they have different examples of different kinds of problems people are having, and this particular uh, example is about weight and losing weight, and the approach they take in this book is all about the upstream and downstream metaphor. So when you are Paddling upstream, you're going against yourself, you're going against the flow, you're working hard, and you're actually going in the wrong direction. Whereas if you let go of the oars, the boat will just automatically turn around and go downstream to where all your desires are. And it's a great metaphor because it really illustrates how easily we grab those oars and start paddling upstream. (laughs) Right. Well, they're going through... This is the way the pattern of the book. The pattern is they, they show you what your typical upstream comments are that, that we talk to ourselves about or what we say to others. And then they start shifting them, kind of pivoting them over to downstream thoughts, you know, thoughts that are a better feeling that are expressions of ease and expressions of, of positivity and so on and so forth. So they're, they're doing that in this chapter as well. But they also do it in a way that is a little shocking, to be honest um because of one particular sentence and i'll I'll, i won't read the sentence right off i will get to it uh by you know reading through the read up they're they're saying imagine that you're you're in that awkward bad place right where you're you're feeling like you you need to eat something just to feel better okay so i'm just going to read with that thought in mind i'm going to read the next two paragraphs it says your urge to find a quiet place to sit while you eat something is becoming quite strong And while you are trying to fight the urge to follow through on your impulse, it is much easier to just give in to it and get something to eat. As you are standing in line at the ice cream counter, you notice the slender people waiting in line with you. They are annoying. And as you are annoyed, your urge for the ice cream grows stronger still. Before we continue with the details of this example, and before we offer guidance to assist you in improving your situation, we want to explain something that most people do not understand and in fact have a hard time believing. Whether you gird up your willpower and walk out of the ice cream parlor or whether you go ahead and select and eat a large tub of ice cream, there is absolutely no difference in the effect of one of those actions over the other. Even if we are talking about 1,000 days of walking out as compared to 1,000 days of eating a tub of ice cream, the action choice of one or the other makes no difference. It is not your action that matters. It is your vibration. It is not your action that makes you fat. It is your vibration. It is not what you are doing that makes the difference. It is how you are feeling about what you are doing. I mean, that is pretty revolutionary stuff.
1: So I'm thinking, I'm sitting here listening, thinking, Well, pretty much 100% of us would probably agree that if I eat a large tub of ice cream every day for a 1,000 days in a row, I'm going to gain weight.
0: I'm going to be massive. Yeah, I'm going to be huge, right.
1: And so So, it's like, okay, so we're all in agreement that we have that belief, right? Yeah,
0: talk about huge amounts of pushback, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing is that if I'm – if I have the pushback going on because I know that I'm right about this.
2: <laughs> right. I'm, I'm right about
1: this. Exactly. I mean it is, it is going to happen and I think most people would have that you know that same belief because mm-hmm. it'd be ridiculous, but you know on the other hand, we all probably know at least one person who we think, well, yeah, well I bet so and so could go in there and eat a cup <laughs> of ice cream every day and not gain weight, right? Yep. I mean So that's really, wow. Yeah, that that, that
0: catches your attention. In fact, when I read that one with Wendy, her instant response was, you know, I know I've read that before and I skipped right over it, just discounting it entirely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's interesting is the very next little bit here that we've got, the title is Regarding Food, Can I Follow My Bliss?
0: All right, let's find out what it has to say.
1: So Abraham says, some have argued that if they do take our advice and follow their bliss, always looking for things that feel good. They would happily eat things that are detrimental to their health or their body weight. People do often choose food to try to fill the void when they're not feeling good. However, if you have been tending to your vibrational balance for a while and you have learned the power of positively directing your thoughts toward an image of your body as you want it to be, Then, if you believe that eating a particular food is contrary to accomplishing that desire, negative emotion would come forth as guidance. It is never a good idea to pursue any action that brings forth negative emotion because the negative emotion means there is an energy imbalance and any action that you participate in during negative emotion will always produce negative results. And I'm thinking, well, I would absolutely have negative emotion going on about eating a giant tub of ice cream. I would, too. Day, especially more than one and every day. And for a thousand days, yeah, I would be saying, why am I doing this to myself? This is not healthy.
0: <laughs> well, it would be more than that. It, for, for me, it would be, oh, God, I'm so tired of this.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not even an ice cream eater. so.
0: <laughs> and I love ice cream. But I can just see if I was eating that much ice cream, I would get so sick of it so fast.
1: Well, the joke for me is that, and ev- this story gets told a lot whenever ice cream comes up and I'm there and people that know me well, because I really, I shouldn't say I don't like ice cream. I like ice cream, but I need a scoop about the size of a golf ball. <laughs> and Sometimes that's too much. And that's too much. So, and everyone's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I don't want any more." So, uh, but yeah, so this is, you know, all the way back to alignment first again.
0: It is. Yeah. And and, and and I
1: here's the thing. I think that it would be hard to find a large amount of people <laughs> who would all be in agreement that yeah, this is you know I I can eat a large tub of ice cream every day for a thousand days. It doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, there may be people out there. I know it's an extreme example. It's very extreme.
0: Um, yes, and I think so it's, it's, I think like, it's deliberately extreme too. The, because they want to. It really illustrate the point that it has nothing to do with the ice cream per se. It has to do with how you feel about it.
1: Right. And I, I love what's coming up next. It says negative emotion does not occur within a person because a particular food is contrary to well-being, but because of current contradictory thoughts. Two people could eat identical diets and follow similar exercise programs and get opposite results, which means there's much more to the equation than the consumption of the food and the burning of calories. Your results are always and only about your alignment of energy caused by the thoughts you think. And this is the part I love. A good rule of thumb is get happy, then eat, but do not try to eat your way to happiness. Mm,
2: Yes. As
1: you've come to make your emotional balance, your top priority, your relationship with food will change and your impulse toward food will change. But even more important, your response to food will change. Altering behavior about food without tending to your vibration nets minimal results. While altering thought will yield great returns without the necessity of altering the behavior. And so let us say that you've decided that you want to be very slender, but if but you currently do not see yourself as you want to be. And your belief is, if I eat this food, I will be fat. As you have a desire to be slender, but a belief that eating this food will make you fat, you would feel negative emotion if you begin to eat the food. You might call it guilt, disappointment, or anger, but whatever it is, eating the food feels bad because given the set of beliefs that you hold and given the desire that you hold, this action is not in harmony. And so if you're following your bliss, you would find yourself feeling good about eating the things that do harmonize with your beliefs and bad about eating the things that do not. Once a desire has been established within you, it's not possible to offer behavior that you believe contradicts it without feeling negative emotion.
0: And I love about three or four paragraphs back, just before the the one that you really liked, I love the sentence that said, two people could eat identical diets and follow similar exercise programs and get opposite results. Why is it that we don't notice that more often?
1: Well, I mean, I've noticed it before and I didn't put it down to vibration or thought patterns. I put it down to the fact that we're all very different. Which is true. I mean, our makeup of our bodies are very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so even if, Even if you're struggling recognizing that thought patterns control everything, you know, there's still the idea that different people are different.
0: But at some point, doesn't the recognition that two people eating the same diet getting opposite results, at some point, don't you have to conclude that it's not about the food?
1: Well, that's a long, complicated conversation. And because of my own experience, I mean, that I've talked about before, it's one of the things I've you know, kind of struggled with, mm. with the whole idea, because I really did think I was eating the best, healthiest diet for me.
0: And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with choosing a particular diet, because it's it's the right one for you. Because clearly, that's the one that your thought process aligns with. So by all means, and clearly it, it
1: wasn't right, because I, I almost died
0: when you went when you followed the wrong diet. Yeah. When you followed the right diet, everything improved, you felt better. So I mean, very clearly, that has a huge uh, role to play in your mind. To but me- what I'm
1: saying is that the diet that I thought was the healthy, I truly believed it was healthy. Because it. Uh, when I began, I, I became a vegetarian. And then from there, I became a vegan. And I felt like amazing until I didn't. But at that point, no one could convince me it was my diet because I'd been eating that way for about six months and I felt better than I'd ever felt before. And so I can't find a place where my mindset changed. I can't find a place where... Do you see what I mean?
0: Yeah, I see what so, you mean. And, and and I think it's an excellent example because this is an example that that seems pretty clearly to say it really is the food. And yet yeah. there's the other side of me that says... You said it yourself, your mindset changed. You aren't sure exactly where it did, but it did change.
1: Well, what happened, I mean, my mindset changed about the vegan diet being right for me because I, <laughs> I discovered that it was the diet that was making me so sick. As soon as I changed my diet, um, so I got well.
0: What we're talking about here is chicken or egg. Which one came first? Was it the experience of not feeling good that came first or was it the change in mindset that came first?
1: Well, I mean, there, there's some pretty concrete, you know, things that happened in the story. I mean, I, I got really sick. Mm -hmm. No one knew, no one knew what was wrong with me. None of the doctors could figure it out. Um, A person that knew me was talking to someone and said, well, we all think that my friend is going to die because she's very, very sick and Mm -hmm. we don't know what it is. And he said, well, here's a book that saved my life. And it was a book about eating for your blood type. And I didn't even know my blood type. And I didn't weigh enough (laughs) to go give blood to get blood typed. So I finally talked a doctor into typing my blood. And I was a blood type O. And according to this scientist's studies, um, an O blood type does not have the intrinsic factor, which is the, the ability to change vegetable matter into usable protein. And so I read the list. It was very concrete, cut and dried. These are the foods you should stay away from. And these are the foods you should be eating. And I should have been eating animal protein. And I should have been staying away from grains and particularly wheat. And the week that I made those changes, I started feeling better and I gained all my weight back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really hard to convince me that it was all my mindset. because. My mindset said the vegan diet is the healthiest thing on the planet, and I'm doing it, and I've felt great until last week, so it's not my diet, and all the doctors agree, yeah, it's not your diet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and nor would I try to convince you, I mean, because I've, I've learned my lesson in that regard. That there's no way for me to convince anybody of anything, so I've given up on that idea, um, and I wouldn't even try anymore. But the fact is, it was your mindset. That's the thing that I keep coming back to in my own mind. I, I'm not trying to talk you into anything. I just think to myself... Any time that I come up against something that I am just convinced is a, a physical case of cause A leads to result B, and that it's unshakable and it just it, it just is so true and I, I know from my own experience that it's true. Every time I've done that in my life, at some point later on, I came to a point where I realized that a mind shift changed that.
1: I definitely have had that experience, and where I recognize a story I was telling myself or a mindset or a belief and say, oh my goodness, like now I see it really clearly. Mm. Um, I still haven't seen it really clearly with this particular instance. Oh, there are a lot of things in
0: my life I haven't seen it clearly with yet. And yet I do see the pattern. The pattern is very, very straightforward that over time, if I give it enough time, I finally find a way to look at it from a mindset point of view that shifts my perspective.
1: I totally do I totally do see that in the other direction. Like, in other words, if I think something's bad for me, you know, like if someone convinced me that drinking pure water was horrible for me, (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to. But I mean, you know, if I was convinced that eating ice cream was really, really bad for me, I totally get that it would be because my vibration would be saying to myself you're doing something bad to yourself Mm -hmm. this is not healthy and so i i totally get it It, it's not as easy for me to see in the other direction yeah i believed something truly was healthy i think part of what
0: part of what has made the difference in my life in terms of my understanding of this stuff is the recognition that what i think in my brain so to speak what i think in my mind is actually broader than what i'm thinking about consciously the recognition that my body is actually mm. part of my mind. Yes. And your body was disagreeing with you. <laughs> your mind was saying, "Oh, I am 100% convinced. This is, you know, this vegan way is definitely the way to go." And your body was saying, "No, it's not. No, it's not."
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And so that that's a really good point. And that's something that that can't be, you know, covered over is that my body was speaking to me very loudly. It was. And I wasn't listening to it
0: mm, which is because so to I do. was,
1: yeah. So that's, that's absolutely the case. Um, emotionally, you know, it's, it's, we were talking yesterday about that. We feel emotions in our body emotionally at that point, it was probably just feeling confused. Cause I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm, I
1: know it's not, you know, especially when all the professionals are saying, well, it's not your diet. You have the cleanest diet we've ever seen, you know? So yeah. So that's very, very true is that I it's important to listen to our guidance and part of that guidance is listen to what our body is saying. Yeah. So here, the next section is perfect for this discussion because oh, it's okay. what, what are my beliefs about food? Yeah. Uh, Abraham says the beliefs you hold regarding food are boldly reflected in the experiences you're living. If you believe that you can eat most anything and not gain weight, That is your experience. That's true. If you believe that you gain weight easily, then you do.
0: (laughs) That's also true.
1: (laughs) If you believe that certain foods give you an energy boost, they do.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you believe that certain foods deflate your energy, they do. Yes. (laughs) If you want to be slender, but you believe that a particular diet is not conducive to being slender, and you take the action of eating that diet, you will gain weight. I can see all of those as being valid.
0: They are, yeah, and not just about weight either. It's it's about anything really. We're talking about weight right now, or body gain, or you know that kind of thing. But it applies to everything.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in my my own story, that had nothing to do with weight. I've pretty much weighed the same, you know, ever since I was in the in ninth grade or something, mm-hmm. and. And what happened, I mean, I was just changing my diet for health purposes. I just wanted to be healthier.
2: Right. Yep.
1: And we- when I changed my diet, um, I, I mean, I was pretty young at the time. I was in my late 20s or maybe 30. And, you know, I wasn't in bad health, but I had a few little just annoying, like I got sinus headaches a lot and, mm. you know, just little things. And when I changed my diet, all of that stopped. Mm-hmm. I felt like the healthiest person on the planet. My energy level was sky high. I was sleeping great. My headaches were history. Like all of the little, you know, niggling, annoying things that were popping up just were gone. And it was like I had a new lease on life. So I can understand looking back why I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is absolutely the best diet ever."
0: And it's interesting too, also in the context of a uh, conversation I had with Wendy on this subject. Because when I read that chapter to her um, from The Astonishing Power of Emotions, and she mentioned that she's sure she read that in the past, but she probably skipped right over just dismissing it entirely. Um, she went on to describe to me, and, and actually we talked about it for a few episodes in a row, she engaged in one of her projects. She likes to, she likes to do projects, and this particular project she labeled Project B for body, uh, because she's had a weight issue for, for most of her adult life, and she wanted You know, she's tried all the different diets. She's an expert on all the different things about what science has to say about what eating this food does or not eating that food does and all this other stuff. She just knows all that really well. And none of it's really helped her. Well, with Project B, what she's done is she has basically adopted what Abraham is talking about here. And the way she has adopted it is she, first of all, has decided to remove all the guilt from food. So she's just thrown the, the food rules out the window like i because all all they do is just make her feel guilty so no to heck with those get rid of those and then the second thing she does is because she can now eat whatever she wants to because there are no food rules she takes a different approach she asks her inner being she actually asks her inner being for permission (laughs) i love that (laughs) (laughs) i I really want to have that leftover pizza can i have that leftover pizza and her, her inner being says sure one piece and she says one? <laughs> and she has a little discussion, but finally you know, goes along with it, and, and her body says to her, "You know, one will satiate you. One will make you feel better. And so she has her one piece, and oh, that was good, and she's done. Whereas before, she would have devoured the entire
1: pie. Interesting. So she's, so I... she's
0: doing it as a constant conversation with her inner being.
1: And how, what kind of results is she experiencing?
0: I haven't talked to her about it lately. The last time we talked about it, with no effort at all, just doing this little method and, and not stressing on it, just not even keeping her mind on it she said she she's just seeing a pound go away and another pound go away and just takes oh, wow you know, it's happening slowly over time but it's just kind of melting away and sometimes it goes up a little bit but then it goes down a little bit further you know it's the opposite of what the weight gain thing is right you, you lose some weight and then you gain it back in another three pounds it's it's right. <laughs> the it's the inverted part of that. So you, you you might gain a little bit of weight, and then you lose a little bit more than that. And she's loving it now. I, I guess I, I'll ask right. her about it. I'll ask her about to see you know what the what the latest is. But I would not be surprised at all if she's continuing to experience that pattern. And it feels well, so much better. She tells the cool. story. She tells the story about how food is now such a relief. It's no longer an issue that she's constantly struggling with. That's got to be good, no matter how you slice that one.
1: Well, yeah, because when you think about it emotionally, I mean, if you're just struggling with it all the time, and if you're feeling guilt, yeah, um, that I mean, that's not going to lead to anything good.
0: Yeah, so throwing the the food rules out the window and replacing it with talking with your inner being.
1: I like this idea. Yeah. So Abraham says people often initially balk at our seemingly simplistic analysis of (laughs) your beliefs about food and how they affect your physical reality, because and this is making me laugh because you said Wendy just skipped over i said i uh, yeah right she mm-hmm. it's that inner balking <laughs>
0: the inner balking right <laughs> yeah,
1: uh like i balk that we only need 2 hours of sleep
0: yeah um, right
1: <laughs> people often initially balk at our seemingly simplistic analysis of your beliefs about food and how they affect your physical reality because they believe that their beliefs have come about by observing experience, and it's hard for them to argue with the factual evidence that the living of their own life and the observation of others' lives has provided them. However, observation of results gives you scanty and inadequate information, for unless you're factoring in desire and expectation, then calculating the action of what has or has not been eaten is irrelevant. You simply cannot leave out the most important ingredient in the recipe of creation and understand the outcome. Oh, that's a good Mm. one to highlight. You simply cannot leave out the most important ingredient in the recipe of creation and understand the outcome. People respond differently to the food because the food is not the constant. The thought is Mm. it is the way you're thinking about the food that is making the difference. Yeah. Wow. Opinions of others about my body are insignificant.
0: Well, that's also true. But, but, interestingly enough, this one, the question is just labeled question. It's not Jerry. So I, I guess this is like a generic question from the audience or something like that.
1: Oh, but, it could be. Yeah. Go ahead read sure. it.
0: Well, it says, a significant other pointed out to me that I have a little roll along my belt line and it would be good if I worked hard to get rid of it. I could exercise more or eat less or order salads. And because she's a significant other, I took it to heart and my role got bigger. (laughs) How many people have had that experience?
1: I'm not even going to talk about what I would be doing with a significant other who was pointing out (laughs) that I needed to work hard to get rid of. Yeah, it would be a significant past other. (laughs) Past other. (laughs) I heard a woman call her ex husband her husband one time. In a a husband.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Abraham says the most important thing that we want you to understand is that when you're using the word other, <laughs> always use the word insignificant regarding <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. It's, it even, It even says in the book, in parentheses it says fun. (laughs) Just in case you didn't get the joke, right? Fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, geez.
1: Of course we understand that people in your life are significant, but you must not let their opinions of you be more important than your own. And anytime anyone influences you to focus on something that makes you feel bad, you have received negative influence. We want you to practice your own thoughts so steadily that opinions of others become irrelevant to you. The only freedom you will ever experience comes when you achieve an absence of resistance, which means you will have figured out how to align your chronic thoughts with the thoughts of your own inner being. We have never seen anyone achieve the alignment or feeling of freedom when they are factoring the desires and beliefs of others into the equation. There are just too many moving parts. And it cannot be sorted out. And so if someone says to you, I see something about you that I don't like. We would say, look someplace else. What do you think of my nose? Cute little thing, is it not? (laughs) What about this ear over here? (laughs) In other words, we would encourage the other to look for positive aspects. And we would be playful and not allow our feelings to be hurt. In fact, we would practice positive thought about our life until we render our feelings unhurtable.
0: That's cute, wow. though. I like that. What do you think of my nose? Cute little thing, is it not? <laughs> what about this ear over here?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was great. yeah. And and I do I do think that this is so true. Is and it's you know and it it's it's another thing that feels complicated sometimes. I mean, they're telling us, look, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter the. The what your significant other um, thinks. And it's easy to say, but I think that a lot of people care what other people think. Oh, yeah. and, and not just about how we look, not just about our bodies, um, really probably more about other things. Um, but a lot of people, when we are making decisions, we take into account how other people will respond, what other people will think about us. And it's very true that we're not going to have freedom until we can let go of all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, sometimes it takes a while to get there.
0: It does, and th- there's a lot of it to let go of. Sometimes.
1: I mean, I look back into my younger life, and I, I was such a people pleaser, and it did not work out well for me to be to be that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it really didn't, you know. Um. So the, here we go. I love this. I love when when be- they give us be- before old you go.
0: Before you go to the example, I, I want to uh, add one more comment about that. There's yes. a balance that those of us who live in a human society have to to achieve. Because on the one hand, we don't want other people's thought to control us. On the other hand, it, I mean, there are people who are able to live in society without being uh, in any way attached to society. So they, they give no attention or concern to anybody else and they're you know they're the ones we refer to as the uh, the egotists or whatever and and they often do very very well but it's not the way most of us want to live in society most of us want to live in a society where we do care about others where we do interact with others and that's where the balance comes in the balance is, is between on the one hand you know just being totally about me 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 and on the other hand being totally about oh, it's all about the other person and it's so important that the other person be happy because C- that's clearly not the right direction. It's got to be somewhere in the middle and it's got to be actually leaning toward you rather than completely in your direction, but it's got to lean toward you because you're really number one in your own life.
1: Well, it reminds me of the whole you know example we hear about when you're on an airplane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help the person, kid, next right. to you. person next and to you. And right. when I say people-pleasing behavior and that it's not healthy. I'm talking about the kind of behavior where every decision you make is always about to please someone else.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that
1: you never say yes to yourself. Um, you know, you always make sure that you're saying yes to everyone else and then putting yourself last. Um, and a lot of people have this kind of behavior because they care about what people think about them.
0: Or well, they were trained to be be that way from, from a very young child.
1: Yeah. And so it's not healthy. And you're right. It's a balance. Uh, it's not always the easiest thing to figure out. It, that's why we're here. We're here to learn these things, right?
0: <laughs> well, I suppose that's one reason. I thought we were here to have fun, but maybe the two go together. Who
1: yes. Knows? Yes. We're here to have fun. <laughs> well, and this is fun. I love when Abraham gives us an old story and a new story because the examples are always so great. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of an old story about my body. And then there's going to be an example of a new story. So the old story. This is the upstream
0: downstream approach. Here's the upstream thoughts. And then I'll follow with the downstream thoughts.
1: Yeah. I'm not happy about the way my body looks. I've been trim and fit at times in my life, but it's never been easy. And those periods never lasted very long. It seems to me that I always had to work irrationally hard to even get close to the way I wanted to look. And then I just couldn't manage to stay there. I'm tired of depriving myself of good things to eat only to end up not looking good anyway. This is hard. I just don't have the kind of metabolism that allows me to eat much of anything that tastes good. It's not really fair, but I don't like being fat either. The interesting thing about that, these
0: about these down or these upstream thoughts is every single time that I read them, I get depressed.
1: They don't feel good. Exactly. And I bet that as As we read them, there are a lot of people nodding their head thinking, oh, I've had those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the new story that's going to feel so much better. My body is a reflection mostly of the thoughts I think. I'm happy to understand the power of directing my thoughts. And I'm looking forward to seeing physical changes in my body, which reflect my changes in my thinking. I feel good as I anticipate my improved size and shape and I'm confident that those changes are in progress. And in the meantime, I'm generally feeling so good that I'm not unhappy with where I currently am. It's fun to think on purpose, and even more fun to see the results of those deliberately chosen thoughts. My body is very responsive to my thoughts. I like knowing that.
0: And of course, the part of me that is practicing turning negative statements, double negative statements into positives, As you were reading that one sentence I wanted to say I am generally feeling so good That I am happy where I am Instead of I am generally feeling so good That I am not unhappy With where I currently am
1: Right, right (laughs) I'm generally feeling so good I'm happy with where I currently am I agree, I like that
0: Yeah Well, it's just To me that's a good sign The fact that my mind is now looking for those Because it never did before I mean, 10 years ago Forget it I was never looking for that stuff Now I'm looking for it all the time
1: So we end up this little section with, there's no right or wrong way to tell your improved story. It can be about your past, present, or future experiences. The only criterion that is important is that you be conscious of your intent to tell a better feeling, improved version of your story. Telling many good feeling short stories throughout your day will change your point of attraction. Just remember that the story you tell is the basis of your life. So tell it the way you want it to be.
0: And I have to admit, I've, I've been hung up on the, the telling story part. Not, not that I have been. I was for a while hung up on it. Because for me, a story is like a fictional story that you tell that has character development and plot development and all that kind of thing. But what they're actually talking about is I'm doing the dishes and I'm saying I love my life. That's telling yes. a better feeling story. It, it has nothing right. to do with character de- development. It has nothing to do with plot. It's just telling a nice line to yourself.
1: And well, I... and a lot of times we tell these stories by default, and it doesn't mean they're not true. In our experience, they often are very true, but we tell them over and over. For instance, here's a great example. We've both talked about having nights where we don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. And if we just continue to tell everyone that, oh, I just don't Ugh. sleep well. Oh, lately I don't sleep well. You know, that's a story that we're telling over and over, and it'll be like our subconscious goes, okay.
0: So I'm going to to, uh, turn it around right now and say, by the way, most nights I sleep really, really well.
1: Most (laughs) nights I sleep great. Yes.
0: (laughs) So with that positive thought in mind, I'm going to have to say we're out of time. And, uh, Cindy, I look forward to talking to you again next week.
1: I'll be back next Tuesday morning.
0: And we hope that you'll come back next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: (laughs) Bye, everyone.